everyone's got something to prove, including us. What's said or what's written or what happened last year doesn't matter anymore. We're going to be calling out to our fans to really put the pressure on because our noise can carry some serious momentum. You play the Jets, you play their fans. Welcome to Winnipeg, Canada's hockey home. Shifley scores! Here's Buffalo, he shoots, he scores! Wheeler finds the seam. Patrick Lyonet finds the back of the net. Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Good morning. Welcome to uh, Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Jets set to take on the St. Louis Blues in Game 3 of their series in which they trail two games to none. I can imagine where Winnipeg Jet fans are sitting right now, and I could sense the frustration on social media, listening to the post-game show on TSN 1290 as well, um, driving home uh, on Friday night. Here's the thing, and the players will say this, and you'll hear this from Paul Maurice, it's been tight. Games have been tied going in the third period each time. One goal games. Jets have come out the wrong side of things. So when you look at things today, Darren, going into game three on the road, how are you feeling about the series as a whole? It feels like it's a bigger deficit than it actually has been in the actual in the two games. Mm-hmm. Two one-goal games. The Jets have led in both games, uh, scored first in game number one, and had a 2-1 lead in game two. That's a positive. But in the third period, the St. Louis Blues have done all the scoring, and you have this two-game difference between the St. Louis Blues and the Winnipeg Jets. A two-game difference is a a massive chasm, considering that there hasn't been a two-goal lead in the series yet. So so there's there's this this playoff each other. Over here, it's been extremely close, but you have the maximum difference in the series, which belongs to the St. Louis Blues right now. How do the Winnipeg Jets reconcile themselves with playing really, really good and were the better team in game number one? And it was more, I thought it was more even in game game two, although Paul Maurice liked his game two uh, a little bit more with the fact that you have a a two-game deficit. That's the big challenge for the locker room. That's the big challenge for the coaching staff to not overreact to a deficit with playing two good games. Paul Maurice has been honest throughout, as he tends to be, about one play here, one play there. We're going to hear from him here here momentarily. Uh, Zone time for the Winnipeg Jets in game number one, four minutes and 52 seconds, 5.52 in game number two. So you can see why he Mm. liked the game better uh, on Friday night. Their special teams has been significantly better than the St. Louis Blues. Where the Jets are... One-sided. Yeah, it's it's not even close at this point. Uh, Seven for seven, the penalty kill. Power play has been phenomenal since the change to Dustin Bufflin in game number two. Where they're lacking, I guess, at this point is even strength and goaltending. Goaltending has been Jordan Bennington coming up with big saves. Yeah. Third period, Mark the Shifley third period. stands out in the final minute, stopping Shifley off that one-timer. In game two, it's it's a tie game going to the third period. And as he came up with some saves, but it was the flip side, the the goal that shocked everybody in, in Ryan O'Reilly scoring off a one-on-three that goes 18-hole, and, and Connor Hellebuck just just moves off it with his blocker, and, and it beats him. So there's there's one one big save and one where Connor Hellebuck, nine times out of ten, 
would would make that that safe. So that that's where the goaltending plays out. It's it's both excellence at one and one where where it's just there's a a play that that the goaltender needs to come up with a save in that current situation. And there's no other way to to sugarcoat that. Connor Hellebuck uh, would consider himself to be of the caliber that he makes that save, and he didn't. Uh, and and he wants to be the best player. He wants to be the best goalie in the yeah. world. Those are the saves. Uh, if you want to be the best goaltender in the world, those are the ones you have to come up with. And I find interesting throughout this year, since the beginning part of the season, the Jets have wanted to turn the page on 2017, 2018 for good reason. Uh, the expectations are higher, but they're saying this is a new season. But they'll draw on experiences from last year when they see fit. For example, Brian Little said yesterday that we're confident going on the road. We won some big games on the road, especially in the playoffs last year. And that's exactly what they have to do now. Yeah, so that's when you draw on an experience you want. Like, you want to forget about yeah. things because that, that raises the bar a little bit. But that's human nature, yeah, right. Jamie. Like, yeah. we, we all pick and choose. We all cherry pick uh, what what makes us feel better. Yeah, Andrew, uh, Kopp, talks, just... yeah, Andrew Kopp talks about the defending champions being in an 0-2 yeah. hole. Uh, going on the road last year, and that's the Washington Capitals in their series against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't think it's it's really unique to to professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, whatever you're doing on that particular day, you you reflect and and you flash back and you lean on on positive experiences and and what might uh, motivate you uh, to to be better prepared for a situation. A professional athlete would be ridiculously. Uh, uh, insane to not do this exact same thing. So why wouldn't you? Uh, they also set a record for most road wins in, in the franchise this mm-hmm. year. Lean on that. There's 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 a few different things that you can certainly lean on. And and maybe the best part about it, and it's it's somewhat used as a as a crutch and a cliche at times, is getting out of this environment. Yeah, I guess so. I think you know you're. It'll be nice to to kind of get the team together on the road and kind of get away from you know you guys here. So um, no, it'll be it'll be good. Going and to St. Louis, facing a hostile environment, yeah, and and playing with a chip on your shoulder. And I think the Winnipeg Jets uh, a year ago, it was euphoric. Uh, the city, the province, the the organization got swept up in this. Uh, ride that that started as an underdog and then ended in the Western Conference final with could go to a Stanley Cup championship series and it was wonderful and it was beautiful uh everybody got along the the the, the city yeah. was was alive every player was perfect it was yeah. it was hella bucks where every, he wants to be everybody talked about the whiteout and the street parties and and this it's all fresh the teams it's all new coming up big this year you're down to nothing close games but you're still down to nothing Connor Hellebuck was uh, uh, bristly mm-hmm. in the in the interview after game number two. Blake Wheeler, you'd expect that uh, from Blake, the captain being down two nothing. So a, a bit of a chip on its shoulder, a bit of attitude, a bit of uh, getting your back up. I think is is a really good thing in in a different way, in a different situation, and showing a different personality from this team. The NHL loves to send out stats every morning through email. Uh, teams that take a 2 nothing lead in a best-of-seven Stanley Cup playoff series own an all-time series record of uh, at 86 per- 86.4%. Yeah. Uh, road to, when you go 
take the first two games on the road, 78.3% of the time they go on to win the series. Those numbers, there's there's holes in there. You know what's weird is is I would expect the the second number to be higher. Well, I when think you, so too. When you win the first two games on the road, yeah, I would expect that that to be higher than just simply winning the first two games of a. You would a think series. that would be the that yeah. would that would raise yeah. the average. That, that is weird. Yeah. Are so, you sure you read that right? I am absolutely. It's in front of me. I wrote about it yesterday on WinnipegJets.com. But I am going to question you. I am staring at numbers. Don't lie in this okay. situation. Another number. Paul Maurice touching the fact that St. Louis's area of expertise is opportunities from the slot. Yeah. They had 16 of them in game number one, limited them to 10, 10 in game number two. Improvement in that area, but Andrew Kopp points out a lot of St. Louis's goals, if not all of them, in game number two came off the rush. Yeah, I felt like their, their chances were more off the rush um, yesterday. Pretty much every goal was that way. So, um, And that's just kind of our details in terms of our forecheck and having guys in the right spots so our D can gap up. Well, it's four on four. Uh, Oscar Sunquist scores blocker side uh, in in a furious first ten minutes for the Winnipeg Jets, in which they were in into in penalty trouble. Uh, and uh, then you look at Sunquist, uh, his second goal, also off a rush, off a stretch pass, and the winning goal, uh, Ryan O'Reilly uh, coming down the ice as uh, St. Louis completes a change, uh, but he comes down the right side. So uh, I- interesting, also that all three were down the right side uh, in those in those goals so it, it it's uh yeah they 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 improved in one area i would take their game defensively in game 2 over over game number 1 and what those stats certainly mm-hmm. play that out uh because the goals the sunquist goal while it was a 2 on 1 the shot was still coming uh the goaltender always takes that shot uh hellebuck must have liked this position because uh there was no real reaction to the play, mm-hmm. uh, and then the Ryan O'Reilly the puck. Uh, we've we've stated before that that Hellebuck makes that save. When you lose a game, when Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, and Patrick Laine all score in, there's got to be a bitter taste in your mouth. Yeah, considering the lack of offense you had in game number one and the way you'd been playing on home ice, period. Before, so you're getting the goals. You're just not getting those one or two plays. Let's go uh, hear from a couple members of the Jets and head coach Paul Maurice before they departed for St. Louis on Saturday? You know, I think they've just been tight games. Um, I think both games, um, both teams had a chance to win, and, you know, unfortunately for us, they, they, they got them both. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got some work to do, um, but we're, we're staying positive, we're staying motivated, and uh, getting ready to go into St. Louis for some big games. Uh, I guess you don't want to be down to nothing, but uh, I feel like we got a lot of faith in our locker room, and, um, you know, it's just kind of take it one game at a time, so... Um, you know, the cup, the cup champs last year were in the same spot that we're in right now. So um, I don't think anyone's unpacking their locker or anything like that. I think there's a lot of belief. And, um, you know, two really tight games that kind of could have gone either way. So, uh, you know, we're not in the spot that we want to be for sure, but uh, we're not down and out yet. So it's tight for good reasons. They're battling hard. We're battling hard. There's nothing easy coming for either team. How do you get yourself over that edge? Well, it's one or two more plays that you, you think you can make and, and they may be breakout plays. I'm not talking about finishing plays, just two or three minutes left. Like, like in game one, the offensive zone time for both teams is about two minutes off what they normally get, right? Neither team is getting that time. They're, they're getting closed off. Pucks are getting spit out to the neutral zone. 
So it's it's not about opening a game up or what's the secret to getting more. I mean, if you've watched them play in the last three months, you're not going to get any more. We've played as well against them right now as most teams, and that's why they're tied going into the third. So we do think there's a couple of places that we can get better at. They they will as well. Our special teams were, have been really good, and, and we need that to continue. And, and then we're going to have to find a little bit, some cleaner exits on some plays we think we can make and just a little bit more zone time. The best part of these podcasts is when we give to you, our listener, 50 Jets Reward points. Go to jetsreward.ca. Honestly, I wake up every day saying this in my sleep. Not waking up, I guess you're not in your sleep. But in my sleep, I'm saying jetsrewards.ca. Punching you're the code word. unconsciously saying it. Yeah, and the word is still rivalry. <laughs> it just, it's not going to change probably till Monday. This is one of those things we get from corporate every once in a while. But jetsreward.ca, rivalry is the word. 50 Jets Reward points are yours. Just for listening to Ground Control. So you heard uh, hear Paul Maurice uh, in, in that uh, media availability before they left for St. Louis. One question he was asked, and, and everybody's comparing the, the Jets situation to what uh, the Washington Capitals went through last year, losing the first two games at home. Got to find a, something. An, a, another scenario where you're finding these comparables to try and calm everybody down and say it's 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 – it's not just us. Like this happens. This happens. Uh, it's not like this is like is, unheard of. Is Tampa Bay's down two nothing against the Columbus Blue Jackets? It's always worse somewhere else. Yeah. That's what we're getting at. Best team. Best team uh, in hockey By in far. the National Hockey League this year is down two nothing. And John Cooper of the Tampa Bay Lightning, when asked to describe a situation, referred to it as a as a five alarm fire. And said adversity. You go through these things. Sometimes they can be good. But use five alarm fire. Uh, Paul Friesen from the Winnipeg Sun said, okay, if, if John Cooper's using five-alarm fire, Paul Maurice, what's, what's your – where do you fall into it? Mm-hmm. And Paul said, three. Three-alarm. Yeah. Two, two one-goal games. Uh, it's still, you're down two-nothing. So it's, there's, there's some uh, – now I'm, now I'm adding and paraphrasing. But uh, there's, there's some heat there, but it's, it's, it's not as bad as, as it can be. And it could always be worse. That's the point we're mm-hmm. getting at here. Um, Tyler Myers – very physical in the first two games of the series. You had a chance to talk with him uh, on Saturday as well. The big guy. First time he's been on the podcast. Here's Darren and Tyler's conversation. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. This is Kyle Connor. You listen to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Jets. So how do you assess the first two games? Because the, the analytics and the metrics say one thing and the overall series says another thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously um, uh, not the most ideal position we'd like to be in, but it's for us it's keeping our confidence high. It's taking it one game at a time, and right now we're focused on game three, and you know that's the only thing we need to think about right now. Uh, power play was effective. Penalty killing has been awesome. What have you done to keep them so off balance on their power play? Uh, you know, I think we've had the mindset of being aggressive um, at the right times. I think our timing has been good when it comes to pressuring the uh, pressuring them when they when they have the puck. But um, you know, I think uh, that aggressive mindset has allowed us to keep them out of their structure for the most part. And uh, we'll just try and continue to keep doing that. You had a couple of opportunities on the rush yourself. Yeah. Um, would have liked to, you know, put a couple of them away. But, you know, uh, just keep pushing, 
Uh, I think all of our D like to jump in, and I think we've been doing it at the right times. Uh, just, uh, just a matter of uh, finding that balance. Talk to Jamie a little bit about the first 10 minutes trying to get into a flow and how the early penalties have disrupted that. Is that a, a legitimate thing, or am I making too much of it? Well, it just, I think it it prevents you from, you know, gaining gaining some momentum. Uh, you know, you take a look at last night, we, you know, it felt like we were on the kill um, basically for the first half of the game, uh, or first half of the uh, start of the period. So, um, you know, it, it just, it makes it a little tougher to get into a flow, into, into a five-on-five five, uh, rhythm. But, uh, you know, it's going to happen, um, situations like that. And you, I thought we handled it well. Uh, and when we did get a chance to start uh, playing more five-on-five, five, I thought we, you know, gained a little bit, uh, gained some momentum and just didn't go our way. Last year was such a euphoric ride for the city, for the team. Is it okay to play with a chip on your shoulder this year to, to be, for it to be a little bit different? Yeah, I you know I think I think last year's run gave us a lot of good experience to get that feeling of of what it's like, uh, the highs and the lows, how to handle them, uh, and you know I think it's preparing us you know in a situation like we're in now going into game three being down being down two. Uh, there's no point in getting too low. There's no time for it really, and uh, you know for us it's. Like I said, we're one game at a time. You know, the first two are done. We focus on game three, try and come out with a win. How do you handle, because it is such a young group, uh, especially up front, how do you as a veteran player influence or gauge and decide when to speak to to them or a certain player? Uh, It it just kind of comes up, (laughs) but... You know, I think a lot of you consciously though keep an eye on it and, and what what's happening around the, the room. I think I think all the guys who have been around uh, for a while, you know, do that to some extent. Um, you know, I, I think things come up that uh, you just hit a hit a point that it needs to be addressed, and uh, whether it's good or bad. Um, and I, I think the young guys have handled themselves very well. Uh, there, we have a, a young core that's eager to learn to get better, and uh, you know I think that us guys who have been around, um, our job is just help them out as much as we can. Buddy, I can't believe I'm talking to you like you're an old guy, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> uh, thanks for doing this. Good luck. Thanks a lot. You have to love when somebody who's 29 years old is viewed as one of the older guys yeah, in the dressing he's room. He's been around the block a few times. You are so old, Tyler Myers. Yeah. Like, just the gray hairs are seeping in. You're a dad. You're married. Like Your life is like you're on the back end of your career. That is not at all the case for Tyler Myers. But I, lo- I appreciated uh, his humor in that situation mm-hmm. and always uh, a good conversation with the He's had guy. a great series. Yeah. He's, he's been really good, and, and uh, we talked a little bit about uh, the rushes that he's had, too. One coming out uh, uh, the box and, and has had a, a couple of opportunities. You know, one area where you look at this is Winnipeg has had a couple of odd man rushes, and Jordan Bennington has been uber aggressive, really coming up. He's picked his spots a, a little bit. He was, he was really aggressive in the front half of game two and then, and then slid back a little bit. I, I'm curious to see if we start seeing on these odd man rushes where – 
Winnipeg has kept the puck and shot mm-hmm. if they start trying to, to dish it off because of, of how aggressive Bennington's coming out. There was an optional skate on Saturday. Uh, Parlendholm, uh, Kevin Hayes uh, taking part of that skate. Now, Jack Rosovic was also part of that. So you're looking at that and you want to read into it a little bit. But you have to realize in some aspects that Kevin Hayes and Jack Rosovic both did not play a whole lot. Right. Uh, in game number two. Now, this goes into the matchup thing we were talking about and the fact that Nikolai Ehlers was injured or was in concussion protocol for an extended period of time. Paul Maurice is a big believer of when lines are going, you don't break them up. So you're down a line, essentially, when Nikolai Ehlers is in concussion protocol. So you could understand why Kevin Hayes and Par Lindholm and Jack Rosovic took the extra skate. Yeah, well, you were, using, uh, you were using the Lowry line uh, against O'Reilly mm-hmm. uh, a lot head-to-head during that I can't point. wait to see how that, that whole thing shakes yeah. down tonight in game number three. The Shifley line is going to get their, their shifts, mm-hmm. and then you need the other line, to uh, the line, a, a little line, uh, to, to fill in and, and uh, just, to, just to roll over. So, yeah, Hayes got lost a little bit. Uh, keep, uh, we'll keep an, an eye on, on either status for, for game three. If there's any spillover from that, he obviously passed the concussion protocol and came back and finished the game. Uh, We'll also watch uh, Robert Pertuzzo and his availability. He left the game, came back uh, for the St. Louis Blues with an injury. So you're starting to see some some players bumped up. Matthew Perot is... Uh, on the trip and uh, after suffering an the injury is an option for, for game number three. What does that do uh, to, the, to the Winnipeg Jets lines? And that's just from an injury standpoint. Uh, never mind reaction from the head coach and what, what Paul Maurice and the staff may do from, a, from adjustments and, and looking at moving people around. Like that left side of, of Wheeler and Shifley has seen a, a solid rotation through. Is Because I, I don't think that, uh, that that line was – they had some power play opportunities. I, I didn't think – Kyle they, Connor was way better in game one than he yeah, was in game, game number two. two. Uh, and then they got, they got hemmed in their own zone. I'll be curious to see whether or not they make an adjustment on the left side. Uh, we've seen different people. Uh, Liney's played uh, on that line before. Uh, a couple of years Kopp. ago, Andrew Kopp had spent yeah. some time with those those two. So there, there's options all over the place for so Paul I'm, Maurice. I'm, that, that, that's sort of what I'm watching going into, into game three is if there's any adjustment to the top line on that left side. And if anyone's thinking out there that the Jets should go to Lauren Bussois, that's not going to happen. It's just you – we saw this last year, and I remember in game three – uh, against the Nashville Predators, it was three nothing after the first period, and you're thinking at that point they're going to make the switch. Now, of course, Lauren Bussois was not here last I was gonna say, year. That would be a re- that would have been a really brave switch, considering he wasn't with the team then. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it was not Lauren Bussois, but the opportunity for the backup yeah. goaltender uh, was Steve Mason at the time. That 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 did not happen. Paul no. Murray stayed with his guy, and they went on to win that game. You just don't six six million dollar no. goaltenders do not get no. replaced. There, 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 there are scenarios in these Stanley Cup playoffs where you're going to see goaltenders flip-flop. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a year ago, Philip Grubauer started the first two games for the Washington Capitals, and, and they did make a switch and, and went back to Braden Holpe. Different scenario. Uh, you, you had your backup goaltender, and then you had your, your franchise goaltender. Here. So it's no. not Lauren Bessois. No. And we've seen Connor Hellebuck have questionable performances before and bounce back. So this is what they're counting on. Well, That's this is you, big, though. This you, is really, really, really big uh, in Connor Hellebuck's uh, It's in his court tonight. I don't want to uh, make it sound like it's, uh, it's career-defining, but 
coming up with a big game after there was doubts about your performance in game two is an opportunity. And you can look at it as pressure. You can look at it as uh, an obligation. Uh, I, I say it's he an uses oppor- incentive. He's always trying to find something. Yeah, yeah. For, for Connor Hallebuck to step up with a performance and, and counter Jordan Bennington. Game three tonight. Enjoy it. Thanks for listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. This has been Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.